There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, Centauri and I were joined by Jonathan Cottrell. Jonathan is a serial entrepreneur and dynamic member of Phoenix's community, having co-founded Phoenix Startup Week as well as Yes Phoenix. We had a great conversation that went from the characteristics of successful entrepreneurs to the ways to determine if starting a business is right for you. You can find out more about Jonathan and what he's working on at jonathancottrell.com as well as several other places that are listed in the show notes. Definitely encourage you to check it out. If you'd like to take action and learn more about starting a business for yourself, click on contact us in the show notes and we'll get you what you need to make that happen. Thanks as always for listening. Remember to tell a friend. That's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is Jonathan Cottrell. Welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Centauri, what percentage of Americans do you think can spell entrepreneur? Oh, God, you do this to me every time. I know. I would say probably like 56%. 56%? I think uh, the more and more that we're pushing <laughs> towards, uh, you know, I'm 31, so you see millennials. Um, and the more and more that we see what kids or people my age, young people, young people, the young folks are interested (laughs) in, it's entrepreneurship. And so I think more and more people are being more intentional and more thoughtful about how they want to position themselves and more and more people under 35 Mm. are looking to be entrepreneurs. So I I would say, uh, I have to guess, 56%. (laughs) Good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's certainly a lot... Give or take a few decimal points. (laughs) A lot more Americans are becoming entrepreneurial, and that's perhaps because of hoodies and chucks. Who knows? (laughs) Lots of businesses start up, but lots fail, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So Jonathan would love to hear about just how you got started as an entrepreneur, kind of your experience in general, and that'll kind of get us rolling. Awesome. Yeah, glad to be here. I think for me, and I think for most entrepreneurs, there's this... There's this craving, there's this desire in them before they even know what to put their finger on. And so for me, my grandma had got me a book, Better Than a Lemonade Stand, 51 Business Ideas for Kids. And for me, that was eye-opening. I read this book about this teenager who had already, who had all these different types of business ideas. He had all these kids working for him around neighborhoods. I was like, man, that's awesome. And so I started putting out flyers. I honed in on a couple of the business ideas that seemed interesting to me. I would bundled pricing and I, I passed out flyers smart, to all, all the neighbors. <laughs> and Mrs. Coinus was my first customer. And uh, I would take her garbage can out uh, before it would pick it up the next day and then take her uh, newspaper to the doorstep every day. What did that pay? Uh, well, each service on their own were seven dollars per month, but if you bundled together, it was ten dollars per month. A concierge service. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, for for elderly people in the neighborhood that wanted didn't want to deal with their trash cans and, and newspapers, that's what I did. Does that currently exist? I can get that for Grandma Minor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not sure uh, who has uh, kept that baton uh, running, but I enjoyed it. And that's really where I got my start. But 
then um, you know web 2.0 actually even before web 2.0 there was you know early concepts AOL there was like uh, GeoCities if you remember that and my friend and I we were 18 19 years old and we're like man there's nothing to do as teenagers in the neighborhood he was a great programmer and we, we started working on something and nothing really came of it. It was called uh, Teen Genesis and it was kind of, you know, helping teenagers find stuff. But we formed a partnership, a friendship, and, uh, and then years later, um, we ourselves uh, started our first business. Mm, so there that's, was. That's a little bit of the start, the genesis, if you will. And now it's been... 10, 20 years, you've been entrepreneurial. Well, uh, if we're going all the way back to 11, uh, 23 (laughs) years, uh, but really for, I'd say career-wise, yeah, entrepreneur, uh, running real businesses, tangible businesses for um, about 10 years now, and um, fully kind of out on my own, not working uh, for anyone else, that was about seven years. Nice, and I shared with, our audience a little bit in the intro about your background, but certainly one of the founders of Phoenix Startup Week and one of the champions for entrepreneurship and startup, which is such a popular topic these days. Um, As entrepreneurship seems to be growing and growing, what do you attribute the popularity of that to? We got guys like Mark Zuckerberg that are popular on YouTube, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at, the landscape of entrepreneurship, it's its pretty diverse. I, I think it's a very broad term overall. Almost, I, I wouldn't say too broad, but it, it's something that can cover so many different types of people, right? Is someone that is just self-employed an individual, an entrepreneur? Is someone that's running a company that has, you know, hundreds or, or if it grows into thousands, are they still an entrepreneur? For me, I think entrepreneur, as I think of that term, you know, I define myself really as a starter. And that's how I've identified myself because I have recognized that my pattern, my cycle is that I'm really great at starting something and taking it from ideation to a launch point and then even a little while longer. But I'm not the guy that wants to run something five plus years, right? That That is just death to me. Um, and, and so, wherever I'm at, if there's the opportunity to be creating and launching something and, and having the vision for, for creating something new or creating some form of change. And for me, that doesn't necessarily have to be a business. I mean, you mentioned Phoenix Startup Week. That's a volunteer event to support entrepreneurship. The SPHX, organic community-led effort to really amplify what's happening in the startup community here. I've started churches. I've started uh, various types of projects. So for me, it really doesn't have to be a business per se. It's really for me about the nature of who you are. So walking through like entrepreneurship, um, a lot of the things that I do um, with uh, a lot of local and national institutions is like, you know, our, our target demographic. So I'm 31. So millennials are all about entrepreneurship. But do you think that it is hard or a detriment to tell everyone that you should be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I definitely don't think everyone is an entrepreneur, right? So I, I think uh, I think it's been glorified somewhat to a state where everyone wants to do it. And my, my belief is entrepreneurship changes lives. I mean, it really does. It, it can change your life, your family's life, your community.
community's life, the people that you begin to employ, like all those Literally. people, you have the opportunity to impact their existence and including your own. And so that's appealing. But to, to say that it's all, you know, rainbows and, and unicorns, right, it's, hard. Uh, it's hard. It's really hard and it's taxing. And even if you're someone that has a high capacity, um, over time that really can wear on you. And, and so you have to have, um, you know, I, I think reality checks with if you're going to be good. And, and sometimes it might be, I like the term entrepreneurship. I, I think mm -hmm. there, there is a good um, group of people within companies and within corporate America that really have that drive still to, to make innovation and change happen but they're not necessarily going to do it on their own. So walk me through, um, one of the big things that I'd love to pick your brain about is that, so you look at entrepreneurship and so everyone's saying that that's the way to success. And so you look at like marginalized communities and then you look at um, folks that may perhaps do not have the capital to make this work. So if everyone's saying that everyone should be an entrepreneur, but other folks are saying like that works, you have an idea, but you should probably like have a job to pay for your kids. What does that look like? Yeah, I, I really want to interrupt. I'm sorry. We need to circle back. I don't know what entrepreneurship is. Uh, okay. Let, yeah. let, let's talk about that first and then circle back to yours. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, a lot of people will talk about this idea of entrepreneurship and going out and starting something, but then entrepreneurship, just this idea of being internal at a company and, and still making change happen mm -hmm. and, and launching new projects and new efforts. As an example, um, when I was a general manager at GoDaddy, uh, I helped launch 12 products, right? So I applied my starting ability to helping launch a lot of new products or relaunch them, relaunching new efforts, new teams. Uh, that's always been my experience within even corporate environments is that I'm tasked with a job that is a new job being defined on the go because I don't mind uncertainty and and vagueness. And I think that is an attribute that entrepreneurs um, might have as well. Which is awesomely valuable, right? Because Absolutely. man, there's in so many scenarios that can only be one queen bee, then there's worker bees, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I need to not feel like I'm not contributing and moving the organization forward by my individual efforts. So yeah. um, what an incredibly powerful thing. We, we've talked in the podcast about finding purpose and finding impact and finding fulfillment through our work. Yes. And there's not that many people that find that. Yeah. So just because I'm, I'm not the CEO of a company, the president of a company, doesn't mean that I can't be making an incredible contribution. Definitely changing. And really, I mean, that's what you're hoping for as any type of company leadership too. You want to have people that are driven and enabled, empowered to really succeed and apply their skill sets. I think a lot of companies, especially more uh, older companies that are lacking innovation and lacking uh, real uh, change and transformation are looking for those types of people and it's hard for them to keep it sometimes because the culture does weigh down on them mm -hmm. and it's not an ideal environment but if you give them the freedom to really apply what they have that special thing uh, that ability and desire to launch and to create and to innovate uh, it can make a huge impact on the entire company culture as well 
a startup company is from the outside looking in this exciting new sort of boiling pot of ideas and innovation and stuff like that. And that's awesome. If it's successful, it, it grows and grows and grows and more people get to be involved. But what happens five years in, 10 years in, how do you continue to innovate? And there are certainly companies out there. I, I know a person that works for Samsung uh, that's experiencing a lot of challenging cultural issues right now, like a lot. And it seems like it's possible for companies to reach a point where senior leadership is not necessarily still visionary and driving forward. And that has then the tendency to, to, to boil down. So to your point of an entrepreneur, companies need folks that are driving innovation, even though, you're, again, you're, you're not necessarily the boss, but you're still driving innovation and yes. coming up with new ideas. Definitely. Totally agree. So are you seeing that more and more companies are to this entrepreneurship idea? Yeah, I think there are a lot of different types of buzzwords out there right now. And digital transformation is mm. one. Um, and Lots of that, buzzwords. that touches, you know, all sorts of aspects of a company. I mean, agile transformation, mm-hmm. uh, culture just as a whole because of millennials. I right. think, you know, driving a lot of it as well. Culture is more important than ever for a lot of these companies right. too. And how you're fostering that type of environment to really allow people to uh, make stuff happen. One example of a company I think that's done it uh, pretty well, uh, Dyson, um, uh, surprisingly. Is that the the vacuum? Or is that the chicken company? Yeah. uh, No, not Dyson. Dyson, yeah. (laughs) Letters are important. So Dyson is, they've created this lab and environment for scientists and folks to come in and they say, look, you don't have to, we're not going to tell you what to make and we're not going to require some type of certain output. It doesn't even necessarily have to look like anything that we've done before. Just have at this play land, playground of innovation and build whatever you want and we'll see what comes out of it. And as a result of that though, they've know they've continued to lead in their market and they've continued to innovate and create stuff that you know is pretty cool so I, I think if you create those environments and those cultures where you have the right types of people just saying hey just build just create yeah who knows what gets created so one of the um, so going back to my earlier questions you have leading institutions and just folks saying that like um, if you want to succeed oh. you become an entrepreneur but we look at like socioeconomic reasons and everything else and why that would be a, a, a probably pretty detrimental piece of advice. So tell me a little bit about what your thoughts on everyone being an entrepreneur. You think there should be like select few? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's so many sides to it. I, I do think it's a very individual decision. So it's hard to just lay out a macro. This is you should be an entrepreneur if I think personally it it comes down to first and foremost if you have something in you that just continues to be in there that is continuing to drive you to create something and to go out and give something a shot I really think it's important that you give that a shot now I'm not saying quit your job and I'm not saying um, 
you know, take all risk and throw complete caution by the wayside. But I do think that if you have something that's been there and burgeoning for a while, that it's important to follow that and to follow that dream. And, you know, my first real business I that I sold, um, I spent the entire time working on that on nights and weekends. And sometimes, you know, taking vacations so I could do things that the business required. And I raised enough capital for my partner to be full-time. And I was a CEO, he was the CTO. And, but I, it, we were just a two-man shop and he was more important what he was doing from a full-time capacity. So it was all about him. So I'd work from eight to five, I'd go home and spend time with my wife and our newborn baby. And then I'd work from 9 p.m. until three, four, 5 a.m. the next morning. And I did that every day. And I don't have the energy for that anymore. And that's a pretty challenging thing to do. But I think if it's in you, you gotta follow it. Otherwise you're gonna regret it. So a lot of the work that you do, um, why and I think we met in this was uh, love and startups. So talk to us a little bit about how you manage being an entrepreneur when your, your spouse is, is or is not an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's a great question. And one that's really Super close carefully. to my heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, so it's, it can be challenging. And I've met a lot of entrepreneurs that have been in, in pretty challenging um, uh, situations um, as they're going after their, their business dream. And yet here it is, they have this other person or a family that they care for and that they love very much. And so I think first and foremost, you have to define what success looks like to you. And the fact is business is not going to be around forever. Like very few, even if you created something that went out onto the public markets, let's just say that it lasts a hundred years. Okay, great. You built something that changed a lot of lives in that, but uncommon though. It, it, it is uncommon. And I think that you really have to look at what does success look like for you. And for me, really my my success comes down to how well I love people and the legacy that I leave to my kids as well. And so for me, it's not a question. My wife, my family comes first, no matter what. But I think you can have a healthy marriage and a thriving startup. And I think mm -hmm. it really, there are a lot of logistics to that. And I'm fortunate that I have a wife that understands how I tick, that understands the value of, of me going out and creating and following these dreams and so I'm so deeply appreciative of that but I think also we're just good at the logistical things which is communication it's figuring out you know what seasons of life you're in sometimes that's just saying hey, you know what the next three months are going to be absolutely insane I'm not going to be home much at night I'm not going to be having dinner much with the family but at the tail end of that we're going to go on a weekend vacation and we're just going to go hang out that's with the kids yeah that's good yeah, it's just practical stuff, you know? And I, I think as much as possible being communicative about that, that even goes with my kids too. Right. You know, Phoenix Startup Week, yeah, that's a week I'm not gonna see them any week when I was running that. I'm gonna be gone before they wake up and uh, home after they've gone to sleep. So I just tell them, hey, look, I'm gonna be gone, but next weekend we're going out, we're gonna see right. a movie, we're gonna you know, go do some activities. 
And certainly having those same kinds of conversations with your business partners is probably as tantamount or more tantamount than anything else too. So It's definitely a relationship when you're getting into any type of business partnership. And I think having that transparency and, and you know, having an alignment of values. You know, for me, I have been in business with people that I love and care for and, and think the world of and think their work is amazing. Um, but the, the values weren't necessarily aligned. And so if you're in business with someone that doesn't think or consider that family is the most important thing, mm -hmm. as an example, that's going to be then really hard for you to, for them to understand when certain things pop up because life doesn't stop when you start a business. Life keeps happening. Parents get sick. Family members get sick. Uh, if you want to keep your family, you know, healthy and, and connected, vacations should happen. Those are all things that really should be occurring. Um, and so it's important to have an alignment of values with your business partner business partners and be communicating, absolutely. Do you think that, um, so one of the things that kind of wanted to ask you but didn't want to be forthright, but you know, do you think that um, this idea that everyone is an entrepreneur, do you think everyone has the acumen? I know that there are a lot of leading institutions that think that you know everyone should be an entrepreneur or an, an entrepreneur, and I, I come from the lens of like, for instance, personally, I would not be a good entrepreneur, but I could help support those people in a really intentional way. But for someone to say that you should start your own venture, I encourage, I personally don't identify with that because I don't, I don't think I would be well suited for that, but I know that I would help someone. So what do you think about the rhetoric that we should tell, um, especially millennials, that you should be an entrepreneur, you should start your own venture, you should do this work? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think, again, I don't think we should be telling everyone that they are, uh, that they should be an entrepreneur. Um, I think it's a very personal decision. I think it's one where you have to calculate the cost. I think you have to really look at it. And, you know, you can't also assume that things are just going to happen overnight. So I've seen so many people, they get out there, they're like, I'm going to do this. And then three months of difficulty, you know, or, or it being a little bit more challenging, not taking off right, at, right away as they expect it. And they're like, okay, maybe it's not for me. And it's, you know, I think you should go into it with really giving it the time that it deserves to. And if you're not able to do that, you need to figure out another way to do that. So, you know, I'd say I always tell people, you have to give yourself at least a year of runway. If you don't have a year of runway, um, you probably shouldn't go out there and just, yeah, yeah uh, you know, and try that. And I think we have to give it its due. Um, I think also, you know, again, kind of this entrepreneurship umbrella, it, that varies. For some people, that really is just um, working from home or, or having a little bit more freedom right. so that they can take the summers off um, or any number of other things. And so I've done a lot of research on, on what it is that people are looking for as they start. And there are various reasons why people start. One leading reason now for these entrepreneurs, though, is not just fulfillment, but freedom. Mm. Time and freedom. Freedom is interesting because for men, it actually is oftentimes that they're looking for freedom in their work, who they get to work with, the clients and projects that they get to work on and so on and so forth. For uh, women, it's oftentimes freedom in their life. 
that they have more flexibility and freedom to uh, for friendships, relationships, children, um, and and other things like that. So that's just one of many reasons. But I, I think again, it just comes down to what it is that you're looking to go out and do. And I think you have to weigh that decision really carefully. It's going to be very regional. So we have a lot of folks who. Listen to our podcast all across the country, but I want to make a Phoenix question. So what do you think the ecosystem looks like here? Do you think it's strong? Do you think that this is a good place to start uh, yeah. a venture? Yeah, I, I love Phoenix. I'm a second-generation Arizona native, and so I this is my home. And so as I looked at it, I said, how can I just support this community, and how can I love my neighbors, uh, so to speak. And I think what I've seen over the last three years is there's been a lot of growth and there's a lot more connectivity even in the last five years. Whereas before that, there was stuff happening, but it was all isolated, very fragmented and and pretty disconnected. Um, That's changed. Um, And I'm thankful that it's changed. And I really do see, I think, the spirit of Phoenix and Arizona, which is one that is very open and very easy to break into, very helpful overall. Um, There are still deficiencies that we have as an ecosystem when you look at things like capital, Um, but those things will continue to follow as we continue to have successes and support the entrepreneurs and startups that are getting started here. So I think now is a great time. We're still young but we are on the rise and things are looking better than ever here in phoenix definitely an exciting time we've uh covered i think some really 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 important things between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur i've i've always i've been working entrepreneurial field for 16 years and I've always thought that the essential mindset, and I borrowed this from a guy named Dan Sullivan, who runs a group called The Strategic Coach. He says that successful entrepreneurs differ from other people, not in their abilities, but in their mindset. Mm-hmm. They've internalized two fundamental commitments by making these two decisions. Number one, to depend entirely on their own abilities for their financial security. And number two, to expect opportunity only by creating value for others. Does that ring true for you? Is yeah, that- I, I think um, it it's definitely key components of who it is. And I think I think it's interesting because again, there there are these people that I would say I've met and I'm sure you guys can relate that you meet a lot of people that have vision and ideas, but then they just never are willing to just make that leap, right? Mm-hmm. And to make that first step. Or they can't. <laughs> Willingness. <laughs> or can't. they can't. Yeah, totally. And I, uh, there's a Chinese proverb or saying that says the journey of 10,000 miles begins with one step. And for a lot of people, it really is that that first step. So obviously, if you're going to even get to any point of being an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to actually put yourself out there at risk and, and do something. Um, the, to, depending entirely on your own abilities for financial security, I think it's interesting because I think there there is truth to that. But I think truly... 
um, successful entrepreneurs is really are really found based on this decision number two, which is expecting opportunity only by creating value for others. I think that there is this intrinsic belief, which I think mostly holds true, but still, I'm not saying it doesn't take hustle, that if I'm out there and I'm giving and I'm supporting and I'm, I'm serving others and I'm creating value, that ultimately the financial component is going to follow all of that. I don't think for most entrepreneurs, I'm not saying all, but for most, that the financial component is what drives them. It really is the opportunity to go out and create something, to find fulfillment, to find freedom, whatever that is that, that is that core driver in you. But it's almost like you can't help it. And that's what I would say about myself. I can't even help it. It's my very nature. It's a part of my identity so much that there's nothing that I could do to stop what it is that's driving me to, to go out and create. So I think these decisions are really, you know, strong points. I think it's, it absolutely is a mindset. And then it's, you know, following that mindset with action. I think that it reads pretty nice, right? Like that's very flowery. Like, oh, yeah, it sounds great. But I think it's really important to be honest with yourself as best as possible because, again, not everybody is cut out to be yes. your own boss. So one of the things that I want exactly that would be talking to you about, um, I do think, and I, I, I do think that we have to have that, that very uh, intentional conversation about um, entrepreneurship and who's the right person and who's, so I think we've done um, not a disservice, but it's interesting that we're pushing this rhetoric that to be successful, you have to be an entrepreneur. I'm not right? pushing a rhetoric, Satari, yeah. so. You, you, <laughs> I would say society is society. Entrepreneur magazine, magazine. Right, and yeah. I, I love that. I love supporting entrepreneurs. Converse all stars. Personally, I will not, like, I, that's not what I do. I, that's not my platform. I think I would, I, I'm much better suited to support an entrepreneur than to be an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of kids that are coming out of um, some of the institutions are saying, you know, to be successful, I have to start a business. And I get to coach those folks and saying, hey, that's, a, that's one way to do it, but probably not going to be successful in that. So let's look at other options. And so what are your thoughts on, one, how do you coach kids or how do you coach younger folks to, or even just novice entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to saying, this might not be the best way for you. This might be the best pathway. And then two, what are some of the reasons or some of the things that they could uh, have, so resources as far as, okay, I am going to start a business. What do I do next? And how do I be successful? And who do I connect with? And what should I be doing if I'm saying I'm committing to this? I need to do it. What are the next steps? Yeah, those are great questions. I think uh, for, it's interesting talking about kids because I, I do think it starts there. I mean, my wife and I, we feel like we're raising, you know, future world changers, right? I, that opportunity to do that. And we have really kind of a, a family constitution, if you will, and three things that we're, we're trying to produce in them. And one of those things is uh, problem solving, right? And, and I think that's what is that natural ability that an entrepreneur has to be fed a problem and then look mm. for solutions. Yeah. For sure. And then, you know, one of the other aspects that we're looking to create in them is, is clear communication, right? It's not just that you have solution to that, but then how are you going to communicate that to others in a way that gets them on board so that you can make something happen? So those are like two 
core reasons or, or things that we're trying to develop in our kids. And what's, I, the, what's, what's, what's the third one? Uh, godly character. Good enough. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, ultimately uh, character, um, as you look at it, uh, if kids had, you know, really great character, strong communication, problem solving, if they had any one of those things, they'd be, you know, set apart. If they have all three of those, uh, they'll definitely do well. Without the character piece, it's, it's irrelevant from my perspective, so. Totally agree. Credit to you. So, you know, I think there's the aspect of, for us, going to the core of the identity. Simon Sinek, right, we're all familiar with this idea of start with why. I actually think it's more important to start with who. Like, who have you been mm. made to be? What is it that is absolutely intrinsic to you that you can't be separated from your very identity and the things that you're great at? And that takes a lot of reflection, takes a lot of work. I mean, take a lot of personality tests, ask other people. Those are all things that drill into, hey, what are the things that I'm good at? I mean, you're saying I'm not an entrepreneur, but you're saying that because you know things about yourself, Centauri, that only you can know and identify. And then you say, well, you can classify yourself out of the entrepreneur bucket because you know these other things that you are good at. Right. And so it's really important to start there. And I think if we helped people recognize what they were really good at, we wouldn't have kids coming out and graduating and saying, you know, what do I want to be? I graduated with this degree. I don't even really know what I'm going to do. You have people in their 40s and 50s that aren't satisfied with what they're doing because they still haven't really found what they're great at. And so I think it's very important to start there. And I think... The second question uh, almost is, it's very connected to it, is that how do you help them start? Really, it does come down to relationship. There's no one, I think, that is an entrepreneur out there. I shouldn't say no one, but there's going to be a slim few really successful entrepreneurs and businesses out there that say that they did it all themselves. It always comes down to having people around you, the right people around you. And so, you know, there are a lot of different types of programs out there. I mean, if you're in Arizona, as a a kid in particular, Seed Spot Next is great. But incubators, accelerators, looking online, there's tons of great content out there from those that have been starting some of the most successful uh, companies, 500 Startups and Y Combinator and Techstars. And there's tons of different programs, Startup Weekends, and there's Startup Grinds where you can go hear from other entrepreneurs. And there's One Million Cups where you can share your idea and get feedback. There's so many different types of things and programs that you can use to really help accelerate you. And it all comes down, I would say, it starts with relationship. Um, how you get started, you know, there's, there's a lot more to that, I think. Um, uh, but finding the right people and people that have done it before and who have done it well. There's not enough advice and counsel you can get in life to really be successful. Impossible to substitute for mentorship. Totally yep. impossible. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's, I think that probably most people are familiar with E-Myth yep. by Michael Gerber, and that's grown into a, a multinational, uh, he's probably got 50 books, but conceptually speaking, simply speaking, it just says that just because you're good at technically doing something, like if, if, if I'm the best chef in New York City, that doesn't mean that I should open a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> that's so absolutely right. Being an absolutely proficient technical person does not mean that I'm going to be good at or be happy doing 
all the other elements. Well, to and it, if anything, I mean, if you're technically proficient at something, it's perhaps more likely that you're going to not make a good entrepreneur mm. because an entrepreneur actually is rarely great at just one thing. I think they're a master of wearing many hats. Right. They're willing to roll up their sleeves, learn anything new. I'm not saying that they aren't, you know, obviously there are certain types of scientists or doctors or other, or chefs, I mean, you mentioned that, um, that have to be good at their craft to be able to start something in that, in that vein. But for many others, I think for a lot of businesses, it actually takes a, a little bit of a jack of all trades and someone that is good at a lot of things, but a master of none. And so you think entrepreneurship is kind of a mindset. So I would think that, you know, that that is a great example of, you know, you have entrepreneurs that like I have this product because I know this very well and I, I coach entrepreneurs all the time. So if you can't do it, you coach, right? Um, all the time I'm saying, you can hey, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You're great at this piece, but tell me about like how are you going to, you know, do the finances, how are you going to do the business, you know, and they're like, I have no idea. So your advice would be, hey, you have to be someone that can handle all of that, not just this piece that you're proficient in. Or at least recognize where you are weak and find the right team members. Right. Yes. Yeah. So there's plenty of that. Um, I think very few amazing things in life happen uh, individually. They happen um, by having a team of people that can make those things happen. So I'm not great at uh, plenty. There's lots that I'm not great at. Uh, and recognizing that and then finding people that are great at it is really right. important. We're all we're all victims of biases. There's no two ways about that all the time. And we were talking, you were talking a little bit earlier about understanding what you're good at and what you're not. And man, that is tough for all of us because we're we all have egos. So man, maybe I think I'm great at everything, or I think I'm great at this, but I'm really not that great at it. So understanding where my blind spots or my deficiencies might be may be one of the keys to being a successful business owner or entrepreneur. Yeah, and being ready to take constructive criticism right. and feedback. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. And there are plenty of entrepreneurs that have met with egos and, and pride. And that's not what it's about. You know, what this is about, it's not about us. It's about creating value um, into the world and you know, serving others. And so I think, you know, it's very important that you're able to really honestly ask, hey, how can I be doing better? And then allowing people to speak that, you receive it and apply it. And, you know, maybe not all of the feedback you get is always something that you can apply, but you should always have open ears and an open heart to what it is that people are saying to you. So as we ramp down, what are the... Um the key pieces that you could identify as if I'm, if I'm a budding entrepreneur, what, what are my next steps? So what would be the thing that I should focus on? What should I do? Well, I think it depends on the type of business. Um, so if you're starting a product or a digital or software based business, which is all the rage, as you said, these days, mm -hmm. uh, then I, I think reading lean startup is going to give you a good framework. It's not going to give you... That's a blog or a magazine it's a book. Or yep, Lean Startup is a book and really a methodology to how it is that you go about building your business. And uh, along with that, there's the business model canvas or Lean Canvas, which can help you start to define those core elements of your business. I don't think, though, it's just a, that that solves everything. I think then you have to go through really the 
the specific stuff. I mean, the legal uh, things that are necessary to getting that up and running, uh, the formation of your team, really crystallizing the, the concept and the idea. Again, I mentioned clear communication. I think that's so important, especially in the beginning and allowing uh, people to provide feedback as you communicate those ideas. So those are some of the first things that I would say. And, and again, get with someone that's going to hold you accountable. A lot of times people stop from ever starting or stop before they start because they don't have people that are holding them accountable. And I think most people are going to say, you know what, if I have someone else and I'm telling them that I'm going to start this thing, they're going to hold me to it. Find someone that's going to hold you to it. Accountability. Accountability. Very Ooh, key. Buddy. Uncomfortable, but maybe one of the most important things. Absolutely. And then if you're a service-based business, just get out there. I mean, start starting at LL, I mean, you could do it as a sole proprietorship or if it's just you and you're providing a service and something that you're willing to do, just, I would say, add some professionalism to your deliverables, your um, agreements with those people, to your invoices, create a brand, define what it is that you're going to deliver and then deliver it and see where that takes you. But there are a lot of people that are doing freelance on the side and then eventually get to a point where they can't go full time. And I think um, that's the way to go. Don't quit your job just because you're starting a business. Ooh, mm. right. Because the bills keep coming. They do. Life does not stop. <laughs> My mortgage is not going to pause. <laughs> no. Absolutely. There's, there's not a right answer to this question, but if you were to give advice to somebody that was trying to start a business, you would say that you need to have money built up for six months, a year. Oh, that's a good question. 20 years? Yeah, I, like I said, I, depends. It's, it's hard. It does depend. I think you have to take in a lot of, consider a lot of factors. I, I like to say have a year, but I don't want to use that as a hard and fast rule because some people... Some people get forced into an entrepreneur position and, and working for themselves because of underemployment or unemployment. Too. Right. And if you do it and you you take that as your moment to then start and the catalyst that you needed, then just hustle. Right. And get started as quickly as possible and make money as quickly as possible so that you have that necessary cash to keep going because if you run out of that, you got to take care of yourself first. You can't, I've met entrepreneurs that are on food stamps or other things that are just not taking care of even themselves. And there's some part of that that might be admirable or might go into the story, but it's not good. That's how that works, yeah. You gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Right. And if you have a family, you have to consider that. There's no, even Paul Graham of Y Combinator, he had this blog post many years ago talking about excuses for starting. He said the one excuse that he just could not get over that he couldn't deter them away from is if you have a family, you have to take that into consideration. So yeah. Be in communication with your spouse about that, um, with your kids, and make a family decision on it, not just an individual one. Awesome advice. I've got, uh, as we're wrapping things up here, hopefully we've got another couple of minutes, but I, when you Google, should I be an entrepreneur, you find all these life hacks and 50 things that you should be doing or five things, whatever. I, I found five that, that, that are pretty good, and I'll just run through them, yeah. and if you guys want to chime in, then that's awesome. Please do. Number one is, am I passionate about the product or service? 
That's probably if you're not a non-starter, right? Well, I think it's really important that you do have a passion for the problem and not just the solution and that you do, uh, that you're not just like, oh, that's a great idea that could make some money because that will not be a large enough driver for you to mm -hmm. pursue that over time. I agree. Nice. Number two, what is my tolerance for risk? It's got to be there. Mm. You have to have some. Yeah. Number three, am I good at making decisions? That's an interesting one because I think decision making, everyone has their own process. Some are internal processors, some are external processors, some really need data and they're very analytical. Others are more gut and intuition, which is what I am. So yes, but who qualifies that and what that is? I think more importantly than making good decisions, I think you have to be able to look at the situation and be able to adjust your decisions as mm. quickly as possible. Be nimble. Yeah. Which I suppose goes along with being able to make good decisions about changing your decisions. Yes. <laughs> Number four, am I willing to take on numerous responsibilities? The email, if I'm a great cook, can I also wash dishes? Absolutely. You better be able to roll up your sleeves and do anything and learn anything and take out the trash. Yeah. Will I be, number five, <laughs> will I be able to avoid burnout? Mm. Seven days a week, 24 seven, man. Whew. You gotta you gotta balance that stuff. And my wife and I, we don't believe in, uh, with her business, Love and Stars, we, we tell people, there's no such thing as work-life balance when you're an entrepreneur. I mean, there's no way to shut it off, if you will, but you, you can build in the, the habits and the time and the rest. And it really is important to continue to take care of yourself um, and really be reflecting on an ongoing basis. What I've taken to calling it is rhythm. You've got to find a good rhythm to life. Because yeah. you're right, balance is pretty stupid. Yeah, It's always going to be out of balance somewhere. So so can you find a good rhythm? That's right. And rhythms change. You know, We, we call them seasons, right? Q1 might be terrible for you or for your business, or maybe you're an e-commerce business that's selling stuff at Christmas time and, and Thanksgiving, and it just gets nuts. And so you don't have the holiday that others have, but then that affords you the opportunity to take some time off in March or whenever else it might be. So you gotta find those those seasons and recognize them. Seasons of life. Yes, indeed. indeed. Centauri, what have we forgotten to talk about today, man? All, all my questions have been answered. Awesome. All of them. All of them. Every oh single one. Oh my goodness. We've uh, successfully figured it out. <laughs> Jonathan, thank, thank you, man. What what else would you like to get off your chest? If you are an entrepreneur or thinking about becoming an entrepreneur in the Phoenix area, check out YesPHX, yesphx.com building the most generous community for entrepreneurs and really um, a lot of resources and help and support there if you are getting started because it all starts with relationship and connectivity. If you're outside of the Phoenix area, all the more power to you, but find people that can help you um, in your area. I think it really does just come down to relationship and, and get out there. If it's been in you and you've been thinking about this for a long period of time, put down a plan, find accountability, and figure out how it is that you can start this, even if you have to start that on nights and weekends. Don't let it just sit there. 
Awesome. Well, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show, write us a review, tell a friend, and as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.